0: Welcome to Interruptions Podcasts, where we have heartfelt and sacred discussions about our culture, faith traditions, and community. We invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions that have impacted their lives as it relates to emotional wellness. My Co-host Kathy and I are passionate about every episode and are committed to providing actionable advice that you can apply today to reinvent yourselves and on your life journey and encourage you to develop a path towards healing. I am your co-host, Reverend O, and my co-host, Coach Kathy, is in Boston having fun with her family, so she left me in the studio flying solo. So our podcast today, our series is called the Parking Lot Series. And as our guest knows, I will introduce them in a minute, is that whenever you're in a workshop when you're teaching, you're a student and you ask a question and the teacher doesn't have enough time to answer it, they say, I'll put it on the parking lot and we'll get back to it, meaning can't talk about it now, but I don't want to ignore you and Kathy and I have been doing these podcasts for over a year I've been teaching interruptions which Mrs. Clark one of our guests is going to talk about a little bit so she helped me launch my first facebook site so i've been able to been blessed by god to turn my trauma into healing so from that i have written a book as you all know interruptions and god has led me to create a workbook and it's called let's talk And for the last couple of months, we've been having these conversations in the community and with church leaders, community leaders, about how do we identify our everyday behaviors and attach a mental health terminology to these behaviors so that we can find a path towards healing. This pandemic has hit us very hard. And from that, we are two special guests that. I am just so proud and I hope I don't cry today. And I'm just <laughs> proud to have them. And in the studio with me in New Haven, ha ha ha, we have Malachi R.L. the II, we call Dr. Creative. And joining us virtually is my daughter, my my no, my second daughter. And I'm going to call her Mrs. Clark because during the pandemic, she became a wife and a mother. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear more about this. So welcome to the room, Dr. Creative and Mrs. Clark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you, you. thank you. And we're all wearing our um our favorite colors so i i called them and i said wear your colors and they knew what i was talking about (laughs) so not only are they representing millennials they are representing their colors so i am proud to have them in the room so let me give you a brief introduction they can tell you more about themselves so dr Creative is the director of programming and community impact at the international festivals of arts and ideas in New Haven. Is that correct? That is correct. And you can tell us more about what that means. And a doctor, I mean Dr. Evans. I'm going to say it Dr. Evans because sure. she is a Harvard, <laughs> I'm not going back to school. Harvard <laughs> University graduate. <laughs> uh Mrs. Evans, Mrs. Clark is the director of people's operations at Faith Acts for Education, a Connecticut-based nonprofit organization working to ensure that every child receives the opportunity to graduate from college, take care of their families, and fulfill their God-given potential. I welcome you. Welcome to the room, Mrs. Evans and Dr. Creative. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Oh, this is wonderful. So for our audience, um, and Mrs. Evans, I'll let you tell. How did we meet?
1: Oh. So I can start the story because I met Minister Mom because of Malachi. So uh, Mount Airy Baptist Church, which is like the center of you know our relationship, um, was hosting freedom schools through the Children's Defense Fund um, 12 years ago this week, um, which is crazy. Um, so I was on Facebook earlier today and yesterday, and I had Facebook statuses from us uh, in Tennessee so Malachi, uh, Malachi and I were an undergrad together at the University of Bridgeport. He came and was like, you know, we have this opportunity. I'm gonna be helping lead this program at Mount Airy. Um, and it was Freedom Schools um, that was facilitated through the Children's Defense Fund and Mount Airy was a host site. And Minister Mom was the head lady in charge. And so she rounded up all of her, all of her youths, Malachi being one of them. And then Malachi brought me into the fold. Um, and I remember going into your office in the church and having like a really stern, but my very first real interview um, in the real world. And I got the job. I was leading the the big kids, the big middle schoolers. Um, and that's where it all began. And I like to think about you in so many ways. I don't think you know this. I might get emotional. Um, we're a catalyst for so many experiences in my life and for who I am right now, I remember one time you saw me walking from I was just telling my husband the story, actually walking from the campus to the church every day because I didn't drive a car. And you saw me um, and you were like, you know, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And so from then on, you would either pick me up to take me to the church or you would drop me back um, after church. And in that car, you asked me, you know, what my relationship with God was and who I, if I knew who God was Um, And from then on, I started going to Mount Airy um, because you brought freedom schools to the church. That summer, I fell in love with education. Um, Now I've been leading in the education sector for 12 years. I have a master's degree from Harvard in education policy. Um, And so, so much about that experience, which is why it's it's almost so kismet that we're talking, the three of us, this week. um, Because so much about my life started 12 years ago this week.
0: And I had no idea. because of you. Twelve
1: years,
0: yeah. yeah. So Malachi, what was it like for you? I mean, she gave the introduction, and you started, and that's how we met when you came in for the interview for yeah. Freedom School. So let's talk about it for you. I heard her experience.
2: Well, I have. It was a. It was definitely the start. I was saying that before we got on. Like you, definitely like launched like leadership for me. Oh. Um, so that was my first real paid leadership. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, so <laughs> first time that I got uh, like money that I could actually like save or spend whatever I wanted to do. Um, and you really believed in me and you gave me the the tools that I needed to be a great leader. Um, it was something that was new to me, but I knew it kind of was like in me and you kind of like pulled it out for sure. I was sharing with earlier, like my first time ever going on like a business trip and then being trusted with money, being trusted with people, trusted with students. Um, and the wonderful thing about that position at the Freedom Schools is that I could also be creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have nobody tell me I couldn't do it. I've mean, <laughs> a lot of roles where they're just like, you know, maybe a little bit too much, Malachi. I don't know. Um, but with that role, I was able to be creative. I was able to think outside the box, which is my strong suit. And from that, I started to really start the journey of realizing who Dr. Creative is and why I go by that, which is because I think best in the creative space. I think best at problem solving. I am very good under pressure. I, all these wonderful things that started in that moment, I really talk about those things. I talk about it in interviews. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all over the place. And so I definitely want to say thank you for that opportunity oh, because awesome. you didn't have to give me the job. That, hey, so That's
1: right.
2: <laughs> Listen, let's give <laughs> Dean Holmes because oh, yes. I
0: asked him Dean for Holmes. students that oh, I could, I said, I, this is what I'm looking for. He said, I have somebody for you and Malachi came in first and your energy was exactly what we needed, uh-huh. your smile. <laughs> and it's like, I just, and I wanted to say you're hired before I even hired you. Oh, but you interviewed, you, you, both of you took this interview serious. You took the opportunity serious. You, I wanted kids to see what the future looked like for them and that was the most important thing. I think you
2: did a great job of like pairing us together. We always had like a good connection in college. Yeah, U that's right. UB was us. Uh, UB was our
1: the four okay. years we were there. UB was our
2: kid. Right? So, so another
1: story for another day. That's another day, right? No, it was definitely.
2: The perfect personalities you put together. I believe that Josephine was also part of that yes, as well. Yes, and just mm-hmm. not
1: forget Josephine. Yep,
2: yep. and so Portia
1: and Rose. Yep, oh Portia and, yes.
2: and she's Reverend
0: Doctor Portia, and she's oh yes, so mm-hmm. she's in New York, yeah. and Portia is doing her thing, and Rose,
1: yeah. Rose
0: got married, and she and she's actually my granddaughter's godmother.
1: Okay, wow. So and Shakira, we can't forget about Shakira and
2: Shakira. Shakira Ooh, all yes. All <laughs> Oh, all these memories are coming yes, back. Yeah, no, it's and, all coming back. So, and yes. Mike,
1: we can't forget Mike. Girl, you remember everybody. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it was such a formative experience. Like when I when I think about I don't think education, public education would have been a possibility for me if not for that experience. It just would not have registered that it could be a career. And,
0: and you and remember it. we had to get Deacon Bo to come in because yeah. <laughs> the kids just would not listen. I you know, Deacon Bow and Mrs. Hill and Denise were there because I kept mm-hmm. saying, I don't talk to children. I don't talk to <laughs> anybody below my kneecaps. Oh, that's right. And you all were like, you got to come downstairs. You got to come downstairs. And it's like, OK. And it was I love the kids. I love the songs. And Harambe. It, was it was great sending you all to
2: Texas, oh. Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yes. I have friends from that trip. Do you really? I forgot the name, the Twins, I think Rod, something like that, And um, a few people, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, now you all
2: have gone on to just um,
0: mm. enjoy life, and I'm just so proud of you, and I'm glad that we've been able to keep in contact. One of the things that I did with, I, I, I reached out to my daughter, to Mrs. Clark, and <laughs> I didn't know a thing about Facebook. <laughs> I saw her all over the place. I said, oh, she's creative. She's good. And I inboxed her and I said, can you help me with something? And I said, I want to create a Facebook site. And it was at the beginning the book wasn't written, there wasn't a production for interruption, and she started challenging me about questions of what I wanted, what was my message. I didn't have a clue and I was crying over some of the answers and I was recovering from the brain aneurysm and I said, I'm sorry, but I can't write. And I'm writing, you know, and I feel bad because, you know, she's, in, you all got your degrees and here I, you all know me, but I now I have to write to her and I can't write, I'm writing in small sentences. And she says, mom, don't worry, I got you. Yeah. And she created my first Facebook page. She says, you want this, you want that, this is your message. This is how you do Instagram, this is what you do. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'll be in charge, you tell me what you want. And she did it for me and it was like a blessing. And it was what you were doing, it was her career. She was launching it. And I was like, I don't have any money to pay you. She's like, nope, this gives me practice. Mm -hmm. I can say that I launched you. So you two are, tell me how old you two are, please. Malachi, how old are you? 34. 30, huh? What am I? I'm 34. 34. No, I'm 35. 35. I okay. go through this
1: now, too, because I've had, I think, two pandemics in the birth, two birthdays in the pandemic. I forget how old I am.
0: Yeah, I'm 35. So I'm you're 35. You? I'm 32. Oh, and 32. So I'm clearly 60 and proud of it. So it's a big, know right. I know it's, it's Amen. so <laughs> in, this, in this life, you know, we, you all were told go to school, graduate college, you know, get a good degree, get, find a good job, you know, find a, you know, get married, have children, get a house. So in the midst of you all's first career, where did, where did you go after college? Malachi, let's start with you. Where did you go after you graduated from UP?
2: Oh, wow. So that's when my life really started, like, going. So I moved to New York, didn't like that for, <laughs> like, six months. I was like, it's expensive here. I can't do it. Uh, then I moved to L.A., and um, that's when I wanted to really be on the performance side of entertainment. Okay. So I was singing background. I was touring. I was meeting a lot of people. Did that for a very long time. Um, so basically, New York, L.A. And then from L.A., I moved to Omaha, Nebraska. Really? Yes, uh, I know, right? Love makes you do crazy things, but I had a really good job there. Uh I worked for <laughs> Omaha Performing Arts where I was the I started off as the assistant, then I went to coordinator, then I went to manager.
0: Okay.
2: Um for over programming. And I realized like throughout college, throughout high school, every place I'm in, I'm always organizing some type of musical event, some type of contract or something. I'm always helping the church out. I'm always helping the community out. And I didn't know you can get paid for that. And so somebody who knew me from the music world of touring, I think somebody knew me with like Kelly Price, told them, who had a friend in Omaha, told them about me. Um, said, but Malachi, not only can he perform and things like that, When he was on tour, he's always the first one up. He's always telling people to get things together. He's always like, I was always chopping and so then, <laughs> I, I, got, I got the position, and I interviewed, and I got it, and I was super, super happy. And then it strengthened my knowledge of like writing contracts, negotiating contracts, being a visionary, thinking about things that would help community, using community to program in art spaces. And okay. I got to meet a lot of people and do a lot of things. That's what happened to me.
0: And I saw you on LinkedIn in California, so I was like, okay, so proud. And I, yeah. you know, had you as a friend. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Clark, what about you after graduation?
1: Oh, boy, you are asking me to recall things. My brain doesn't stretch back that far. Um, (laughs) I left the University of Bridgeport. I went to Teach for America. Um, I was the executive assistant to start. Then I started leading community engagement. Um, Then I left. I led uh, youth programs at 1199 SCIU back in New York. Then I left there and I went back SCIU. to Teach for America. For those
0: who have no idea what that means, can you please explain
1: it? Then? 1199 SCIU is a labor union. Um, and so I went and worked for them. Um, and they, have, they offer their members like childcare services. And so I was leading their youth programs. Um, left there, went back to Teach for America, moved to Washington DC, um, then met a boy. <laughs> Um, moved to Richmond. Um, we got married. Well, we got engaged before the pandemic. Our wedding got canceled twice. Then we got married uh, on Zoom. And then... Hang on to that story.
0: Hang on to that story. Okay. I, I, I have great questions for that story. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> um, and now I'm here. I am... We moved to Brooklyn two months ago. And so now we're in Brooklyn raising our baby.
0: I, I I love it. You two are just phenomenal. And last summer, I'm on the green, and I hear someone say, Minister Odell. And I look, and I'm like, it looks like Malachi, but that can't <laughs> be Malachi, because I'm in New Haven, and he's in California. <laughs> and I'm giving him this look like, I don't know, I'm looking right at him. And I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> he's like, Malachi. And I'm, I'm like, am I in California? Right. <laughs> and I had no idea that he was here. And he's in New Haven, not Bridgeport, not Omaha, not Los Angeles, but New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut. Malachi, how did you end up in New Haven? How did we recruit you? How did we steal you from the West Coast?
2: Well, yeah. So, um, I'm really happy to be back on the East Coast because y'all know my family is here, my sons here, and everybody and their baby mom is there. Um, so, I was. It was a pandemic happened, and everybody had lost their jobs and was all living. Mm. Um, I was living on state assistance for the first time in my life, and it was just like one of those situations where I was really starting to think about, well, you know what this Midwest thing, I'm, I'm kind of like ready to move. I was thinking about like moving out of the country. Um, I said, you know, I definitely can find work out there and that's just what it is. Um, But I thank God for reputation that precedes me. Um, I was contacted about the job Um, and it was definitely something I was interested in. And I thought about it, like I would be close enough to home but not close enough when they can come to my house all the time. So it was great, <laughs> it was great for me, <laughs> hello. Okay. Um, so then I ended up moving in the middle of the pandemic, and when right. I got here, nobody was in the office. I was the only one here. Um, but the International Festival of Arts and Ideas is definitely that stepping stone to where I want to be at the ending. Um, I've been really yearning to work for festivals and to hopefully one day be at some place like Essence or you know Coachella or wherever the Lord leads me. Um, right. So this is definitely like that stepping stone. But the staff and the board members, everybody are, is so great. I'm here for a long time. Like I'm, I'm here. This is now home. Right. Um, but it's definitely have has opened up doors for me that i just couldn't imagine and you know being in my doctor program it's it's not too crazy why i can't continue my work okay so it's, it's
0: dope listen i love it uh don't give me terminology i'm like what's he talking about but it's okay i won't show my age <laughs> and uh doc i'm sorry doctor daughter that's just that's just coming out it. Okay, stop <laughs> okay, stop i can tell you i'm
1: not going back to school Wait. i having enough of the school <laughs> but in the midst of all of this
0: uh mrs clark you forgot to mention that you graduated from harvard university
1: i did graduate from harvard university um and that that was amazing and it was nuts because i was when i i found out i was pregnant when i finished my first semester like probably (laughs) the week after finals week and it was one of those moments where it was like i have a choice here (laughs) i can choose to keep going or i can choose to not do this anymore. Um, And the desire to keep going was just stronger than the desire to give up. Um, And so I kept going. And it it made for a lot of stress. It made for a lot of hard nights. But I'm a Black woman, and I'm used to it. (laughs) And I I got my degree.
0: I was so proud of watching you all on social media just grow. Thank God for social media. I know. You know, part of what we talk about in interruptions is for me, as you know, and you all have met my son, Jonathan. He came to the program. um, And that interruption in my life changed my life. I had no idea what was happening to me. And because I ignored my body, I believed strong black woman, I can get through this all in my faith. You know, when I'm taught about my faith that I'm going to get through this, but I ignored mental health Mm -hmm. and did not pay attention to it and i'm sure i'm not sure if you knew um but i know doctor daughter did that uh, i had a brain aneurysm and on his birthday a year later and doctors told jackie and pastor bennett stop praying for her because she's not gonna make it so just plan her funeral and that was difficult for her and i knew i felt that something was wrong but i ignored my body And I disrespected mental health. Now you two are in your 30s and you get a pandemic. Your life is turned upside down in the midst of being a mom in your career in Boston, trying to travel back and forth using technology, which you all are more astute to than some of us older ones who had to figure out how do I use this technology and, and do what. So Dr. Mom, I'm gonna ask you, what was it like for you, this pandemic and changes for your personal life before we talk about your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, I turned 30 in January of 2020 and I'd had this really big party. Um, So I was excited to kick off something new. You know, those milestone years, it's like I'm 30, it's my time. Um, And the pandemic hit maybe two months later. Um, I was newly engaged and had been excited about this, Really big Harlem Renaissance themed extravagant wedding, because um, I, I was coming. You were coming, right? You were coming, um and everything was pushed pushed back and pushed back. And I think even still now, you know, things are pushed back. And a lot of my, I think, so much of Malachi and I's generation is dictated by these big moments. So before the pandemic, we were the generation of 9-11. You know, before mm-hmm. 9, like while 9-11 was happening, um, afterward you get like celebrities that meant a lot to us, like passing very tragically. Mm-hmm. Um, you get uh, just, it feels like our generation is dictated by interruptions. And so the pandemic felt like just another one. It feels like every time we hit a critical milestone or a time in our life when things are supposed to thrive, the world hits us with something serious and so oh. it felt horrible it was terrible um and sadly it's just i can't say it's i can't say it's unexpected because so much of my childhood and adulthood has just been dictated by things you know really just being upended okay that is unfortunately the experience.
0: And it's not something that we ever want our children to have to experience at all. It's, um, we want life supposed to be very different for you. When I graduated from college, I didn't have, I had an interruption, but it wasn't this type of interruption. And yeah. what was the pandemic like for you? Where where were you during the pandemic, Malachi? What part of the world were you in?
2: right. Yeah, <laughs> <really afraid.
1: laughs> where were wow, you? Nice. Carmen, um, San Diego. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I want to say congratulations on each other. Like you, I'm sorry, Mrs. What's what's the last name now? Clark. Clark. <laughs> Clark okay. I'm so happy. Like I followed you on Facebook and Instagram to seeing the work that you're doing. Like it makes me happy just to know that somebody that I know is continuing their education, has continued working, and doing great things. Falling against that, and I know you outside of whatever, so I know the things you have mm-hmm. to. You had to fight from growing up for where you're from, just I'm to different. see where you're at. That part is freaking lit okay Thanks, so Melita. you definitely like the image of what people need to be looking at so continue Thank it.
1: you. Thank
2: um you. the pandemic sucked it's I, <laughs> I was going i was, going, I was, here, right? I was
1: waiting for it <laughs>
2: okay i was depressed i had just got out of a seven and a half year relationship mm-hmm. i didn't have any family in omaha nebraska um and in those spaces like um all my friends were basically his friends and so it was just like i had to find myself and hold tight to those who were truly my friend okay um so i didn't In have I didn't, yeah and i and i ain't gonna lie with some pride i probably could have found me a little something something to do on the side but i also knew i didn't want to work nobody's like wax store and have a salary mm-hmm. so i just survived off of the state um and i and i really just took a lot of time to do therapy that's the first time that i've I really learned heard. the importance of therapy now i come from a generation that therapy don't mean nothing go to the lord Go to your pastor, talk to your best friend, type of life, you know. Mm-hmm. But therapy was just something I, a buzzword, I kept on hearing. It. I said, let me just try it. It's a free service. Let me see how I can get with it. And therapy is what got me out of a dark space. It was mm-hmm. dark. You know, you I'm like loud, goofy, and talking random stuff. I was like silent in my house on my couch watching TV, and that was it. Um okay. So therapy is what really got me out. And I think that once I got out of that space, the doors started opening. God, I started building my relationship with God over again. And God just opened up doors back to where I was, but greater. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing a lot of that, Dr. Daughter, what is it with your generation?
0: You all are millennials, your generation that you're not supposed to, where where did you, who taught you that you're not supposed to seek counseling? (laughs) Don't tell anybody your problems, keep it to yourself, keep your head down, you strong, you can get through this. Mm -hmm. Where did you hear that from and why is counseling a challenge?
1: Yeah, I'm proud to say that it's wise counsel that I think we disrupted and ignored. But I like, there's a, I think of it like when you run a a baton race and you have to pass the baton. I think each generation before us has a little bit less emotional capacity to deal with certain things. And so Mm -hmm. my mom didn't have the capacity to, you know, understand that therapy was an option. My generation has better jobs, therapy is like more mainstream and so it's a lot easier to have a conversation my major interruption actually happened um the first day of my senior year of undergrad when my grandfather died very unexpectedly um and then 2 years later my uncle passed away and like at the precipice of that i was like i got to find a therapist and i've been seeing that same therapist hey, that man. was 2013 i've been seeing her since then and good. so i just so i good think to hear that. Yeah, we, we just, I think our generation is really good at rejecting the notion and like applying critical thinking and saying, you know, I know you said this, but like what's behind that? And I think our ability to like lift the veil on things says that, you know, God is important, but our experience with God is dictated by humans who are flawed. And so <laughs> my, my thought is always, if God sent all these humans and angels down here, the therapist must be a couple of them <laughs> angels, you know? <laughs> Like I I need to sit with someone who is not, who doesn't love me so much that their perception and advice will be biased. You know, I need to be my therapist.
0: That is so good to hear because as I'm teaching interruptions, I'm hearing a lot of people my age, you know, what I went through, what I struggled with was told, don't go to counseling. Keep it, keep things to yourself Mm -hmm. and just pray more. And I had people at the church saying, well, minister, Reverend Cooper, you just not praying enough, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, have more faith. And someone said, did you stop tithing? So oh. it's like, I'm dismissing all of that because that's not going to help me to heal. So, and that's what I had to do. And I'm trying to teach that to, to folks to just challenge, like you said, challenge what you've heard mm-hmm. and figure mm-hmm. out where did it come from? And if it doesn't work, discarded. So, but now you two are in wonderful careers. You are still in the tail end of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. and we're still in this pandemic, and you still have challenges. So, Dr. Daughter, dear, um, Mm -hmm. education. You're in Brooklyn. Your job is in Connecticut, which is is. unheard of, Uh but it's the time. Yeah. So what talk to us as you know at our last couple of minutes of this, what challenges are you seeing for the young for our, in terms of education in the pandemic? How yeah. is this pandemic affecting the education as you as you talk about your goal is to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to graduate from college take care of their families families, and fulfill their God-given potential. You know, I've got a, a granddaughter who's just trying to get out of third grade.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, the teachers, no no homework today. Yeah, that's Jackie's daughter. Uh, so the whole thing is, oh, you, 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 you were good in school today, so you don't have homework. I'm like, oh, no, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have homework. So what challenges are you seeing in education from this pandemic?
1: Yeah. First, I want to acknowledge that Malachi is also a father. Malachi was a father when we were an undergrad to a baby baby yes, I who is remember now that. a teenager. Um, <laughs> and so, I
2: okay.
1: right, those parenting woes, I'm i not ready for. Um, but I think with every field, including education, the pandemic just made things worse. It illuminated challenges that we were already having. Um, and so school shootings have increased, right? The mental health, the, the number one the number one demographic of people committing suicide right now are Black boys. Mm. And so this notion that, you know, people have been isolated and, you know, we think of isolation and we talk about Zoom and we talk about these very sort of like almost middle-class privileged things, but there were kids in isolation in very toxic environments. You know, there were adults sitting with themselves who were not equipped to sit with themselves. We didn't have any vices. We didn't have, you know, there was nothing to go to. And so now we're slowly coming out of that and you know everything is revealing itself and so i would say education is as bad as it's ever been um children are having the hardest time that they've ever had you know we have therapists and stuff these little ones are depending on us and they don't have anything um and so i think our work is more important than ever um the need for community the need to like do things like this and reminisce on the good old times 12 years ago when we were on a farm in, in Tennessee oh, so, you know yeah when right when i was skinny okay. like before um the need to do things like this to be together in community to work toward challenges together um i think is more important than ever um okay. so we went so long without each other
0: now, Malachi, thank you. Malachi, you're, and that's what I'm feeling in, in terms of when I see my, my granddaughter come home from school, a whole semester, a whole, a whole period of time where there's no homework. Yeah. Because they can't bring home paperwork. And we're trying to help her with math and reading and, and so forth. It's it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. So Malachi, your job, Dr. Creative, your job is to bring entertainment to the stage. Bring entertainment right. back to the green during this pandemic. Yeah. And it's challenging. Yeah. So what are you facing? What challenges are you having with this role that's not yours? You don't own it. But the pandemic has created it.
2: Well, you know, we—the <laughs> best entertainment is in-person entertainment. Okay. Yes. We tried the online jump-off; it was not hitting the way it needed to hit. Um, <laughs> I hated working in that space, um, because I, I, I get the vibes. It's something about the bass going through your chest. It's something about seeing the effects on the stage, whether it's Broadway. Yes. And but we're in a place where people are actually being conscious about their well beings. And so people are afraid to be back in spaces. So last year when we did the festival, you know, we were a hybrid. We did in person for those who chose and wanted to come. They'll show us their their vaccine cards okay. uh, with social distance. But we also had a live stream option. And this year, you know, we're still trying to get out of that. Now we say, oh, the pandemic's gone, baby. It's not. It's not gone. People are still getting hit with the COVID. Um, So we're trying to figure out ways of getting people excited about being back in spaces. Now the artists and the Broadway shows and the performers and the musicians, they are ready. They're ready because They was was without work for almost two years. Okay. Um, But it's getting our people from our community Back into spaces and be able to fellowship together, and I think that comes through programming. So, what am, what am I putting on the stage that's going to really make you want to come out? Is the fact that Gregory Porter is going to be there on the nineteenth? Oh, yes. oh yes! Oh I don't yes! Oh
1: yes! <laughs> oh yes!
2: I'm plugging. Okay. I'm. I, this is why you're here to <laughs> yes, plug. Maybe that's going to happen. You know, maybe it's the fact that we're having Dallas Back Dance Theater, who is a great team from from Texas. Um, that's coming out and showing all their art on in um, one of our spaces. You never know what it is, but I try really hard to find things that adapt to everybody. right? There's Los Cafeteras, which may hit a different demographic. Finding people that are going to bring people out. I think mm-hmm. once you get out and it's a success, then we'll be able to move back into a regular space. So right now we're not in a regular space right. because the work has to be done to get us back there. So that's okay. where I'm at with my program. All right. And it's very challenging for you. It it is very hard. Um, But you know what makes it a little bit better is that you build those relationships, right? I cannot program anything in New Haven on the green space without actually having friendships and relationships with the people that I'm programming for. So, my entire job, though it's fun booking people and do, I love a good contract. Okay. (laughs) All right. If you have any contract issues, just hit me up. I'll cross that (laughs) out. Um, though I love that part, but it's a relationship. So a okay. majority of my programming came from having meetings with, um, my Latina brothers and sisters, having meetings with the elders, having meetings with, um, people who have p- prior experience with the festival and then taking their suggestions and figuring out what really works for our environment. Okay. So, so I've been going.
0: So for those who are listening, how do they find out about what's going on in the green? Cause I listen, I don't care when I first hear the first one, I'm there. I have my chair in the car. Yes. And- <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. I said, I bought a new one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am coming to the tent. I said, Malachi, put me on a VIP list because I'm sitting in the chair Absolutely. underneath the tent. I don't care. I don't have to know what's going on. I want to be outside and yes. I want to feel the entertainment, like you said. I want to feel the music.
2: Yes, because yes, you can't feel it through Zoom. Nope, Mr. Clark. And if you want to come to anything, just look through the website and you just let me know. You know,
1: I got. Listen, it I can't That's wait. I love okay. a good New Haven Green I hope event. People okay. Find out about what's going on in the
0: on, on the with in your business in your world to get them out. What do you want people to do?
2: Please take a look at artidea.org. Once again, mm. artidea.org. You'll be able to see all of our programming which is starting on the 11th, which is this Saturday, and ending on the 26th, which is in two weeks. Uh, and we have a blowout show on the 26th which is our, which is our drag show. Um, what's and- a drag show? What's a drag show? Yes. Okay.
1: So
2: like drag queens, we're in the girls, right? <laughs> so, Um, Drag queens who are artists. Uh, we believe that drag is art. And so I, one of the beautiful things about my job, I'm able to define the word art. So last year we had a hair show. This year we're having a fashion show. Okay. And last year we had a drag show to close our, um, our programming and really showing how the hair, the makeup, the outfits, all that is art. And so we was able to do that last year. And this year we're doing it again because it was a great hit. With our community mm-hmm. so we're closing it out with that and we have a um an ending closer on that drag show her name is miss chalet she's been on ellen oprah all the big stages all the big prize and she was just like beyonce so thank you because yeah. this is
0: my yeah. month and yeah. it's like let's just get it out there yeah. so you first had drag show i was was watching that um that car racing uh-huh. show so and i'm like we're doing car racing on the green well you never know that might come <laughs> in another year, so. <laughs> Thank you for that. So people can find you. What about you, Dr. Daughter Dear? What's going on? What do you want people to know about you? How do they find? What do you want parents to do? What do you want teachers to do? Communities to do? I
1: want with people to come to the New Haven Arts and Ideas Festival because it sounds amazing. Malachi is always beautiful to see you living in your element. I'm so proud of you. Don't ever go away from that. you always best in your element um but i want people to hold their politicians accountable um i want them to become members of faith acts um so go to faithacts.org um become a member um rally around your local congregations ask them what they're doing about education and in support of our children um we've been screaming as education practitioners as those of us in advocacy and policy teachers in classrooms screaming about the crisis that education has been entering now for over 20 years. Um, and now we are here. Kids aren't getting homework, according to Minister Mom. Um, and so we have some work to do. And we believe that that work begins with strong policy. It begins with school funding. Um, it begins with adequately funding all of our public schools. Um, and so if you were looking for an opportunity to be involved to leverage your voice to make some things shake um head us up at faithacts.org. thank you yes.
2: i'm
0: so proud of you too I'm
2: very you. Proud of we you. are proud of you all right, I'm okay? saying, can we like, talk about you, that hello like you are talk about that a whole lot right now and i'm really impressed all I'm very glad to be here it's good to have this connection and also just to hear some more of your personal story. I knew some of the things, but it's mm-hmm. good just to hear from you and just to know that at, at the end of the day, I'm definitely here praying for you. I'm definitely, here if you can. need anything, you have definitely been the start of a lot of stuff. A lot of people, apparently two people that are talking with you right now, do mm-hmm. never yeah. stop giving people those opportunities. I tell my friends all the time, it takes a yes to make somebody's career to go somewhere far. And you was that yes for me. And I thank you for being that yes for me. That's,
0: thank That's you. Awesome.
2: Thank yeah. you both.
0: And I just thank you all for, you have said yes to me. Um, I clearly remember hitting you up saying, I need some help with this. Like, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know. And then she sent me this professional document through Google, right? I'm like, what the heck? I didn't know how to use you know, it. You said I love I, a good document. She, she had documents, <laughs> had questions and surveys, and she forgot that, brain aneurysm and I couldn't figure it out. And I put a sentence here, a word here, and she said, let me help you.
1: (laughs) You made it come together.
0: You allowed me to, which is the most important thing, to be vulnerable and to say, yes, this is who I used to be, but this is not who I am now. And I'm reinventing myself. I'm struggling because I want to be relevant and um pandemic wasn't even on the radar it was just i needed to reinvent myself to be relevant and to be here and my co-host who's not here today kathy we had no idea i was going to do podcasts i was like a pod who you know i couldn't even speak <laughs> um i couldn't speak look at you look
1: at you so, here um, and here for a reason for i'm a trying
0: reason. i'm not trying i was so stop saying that You're yes doing. i am yes I am. Are i'm working through it i'm doing it so it's not that i can say i'm trying i am doing it giving it my best shot that's right and i can't wait to be on the green on this on saturday
2: you better do, do let with us on the on june weekend okay yes all right i will can. be there
0: so listen thank you both for being on the show kiss my baby can't wait to connect and the hubby and so forth so what kathy coach kathy and i try to do is invite guests who are passionate about their journey, willing to share their journey, and to talk about how you've reinvented yourself and how you've gone through life. And reinvention and interruptions look different for everybody. My doctor daughter had an interruption of being pregnant in college, at Harvard, getting married, in Zoom, trying to deal with contracts in Virginia, they wouldn't let her out. She got a wedding dress that she, you know, <laughs> and all of this that she had to adjust. And you did it with grace and charm. And here you are, Doctor Creative, in Connecticut, bringing music back to the stage so that we can hear our heartbeats and we can hear the vibe. And I thank you. I thank you both for being here today and love you and appreciate you. you. And I know, let's flash up. I got our, got our stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I love you and I thank you. And thank you again for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me.